Welcome to the High School Hockey Podcast, presented by the Minnesotan. Uh, let's go with a great place to visit. That's when I think of, of, of the Minnesotan. It's like a museum of great artifacts of Minnesota history, and mostly Minnesota sports history. It's also a great merchandise place to get uh, apparel for, for this Christmas, for example. And we're lucky enough being sponsored by the Minnesotan. This year, You can, with a discount code of YHH, you get 15% off online purchases and in-store purchases. As my good friend John King says, it's the greatest store in the world, and I couldn't agree with him more. Looking forward to a great show today with Danny and Carl. We're going to talk high school hockey. We're going to talk memories of our five years here in YHH High School Hockey Podcast Land. We'll talk about the high school uh, league meeting uh, this past week. We'll talk about our great memories of the uh, our podcast era, what it be games we've made, games we've missed, just some of the great memories as we head in into the high school season when and if that does take place. Hope you enjoy today's show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Tony. We've had a lot of different musics, I would say, songs to intro the show. Yes, we have. Now yes, it's Ring have. of Fire. That's Ring of Fire. That's been kind of my go-to during the COVID. Uh, I was sitting down with Greg. I'm trying to figure out a new way to get some new music onto this roadcaster. <laughs> uh, how have you been? I've been good. Haven't gotten a haircut since July. So. Oof, it can, it kind of shows. <laughs> Carl, Get a haircut, Danny. Carl, uh, how are you doing up there in Duluth? Doing well. I actually have gotten haircuts. I so. was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah. And work has been normal for you. Uh, if you mean you know wandering from my bedroom to the office and staring at Zoom for five days, if you consider that normal, yeah, it's been normal. <laughs> but you've been active. Yes, very. Um, have you had any uh, snow up in Duluth? I think the last time we chatted, you got we we had the snow, uh, the the only snow that we've had this season, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some on the ground, but it's been a while, and it looks kind of sad right now. So, all right, and it's making do. Um, where are we at? I mean, what is, what is going to happen? Um, we had the MSHSL meeting uh, this past week. I was on the call. Um, I'd love to get your guys' perspective on what you know from whether, whether it was on my Twitter feed or someone else's Twitter feed. What, your, what is your takeaway from what happened at that meeting? Carl? I guess my instant reaction was encouragement. I think, you know, the State High School League seems like they're trying to make things happen. You know, it seems like, okay, we're going to have a few plans. We don't know when we'll be able to play. We're not really sure, but whatever scenario we have, we'll at least try to make things happen as quickly as we can, which I guess is, is a step in the right direction from where we were a couple months ago. That's true. There was, you know, everyone's like, are you going to host a state tournament? I'm like, let's just play things out. Uh, I, do, I did know at the time that uh, the Fargo Force were open to having us come and put a state tournament on there or in Des Moines, <laughs> Sioux Falls, wherever that was a possibility. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like more like there will be a culminating event of some sort. Danny, what was your kind of takeaway from what happened this past week? 
there's still a lot more that needs uh, we we're still waiting on cases you know type of thing if this spike happens after thanksgiving like we've been hearing about for the last month it feels like now yep. and so if that happens well then we're going to see more cases in minnesota and if we see more cases we're going to push back uh, we just have to everything will get pushed back i agree and so then yes it, the optimism is good but still there's pessimism because you of the unknown of what could happen yeah there's so much unknown the uh yeah, my one takeaway from the MSHSL meeting was uh, they they brought up the the topic. They brought up all the charts. You know, if 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 it's open on the 18th, we can start this day. If it's open on the first, we can start this day. And uh, all those charts were publicized by by the uh, high school league. Um, and I I tried to tweet them as fast as I could and kind of give you guys as much information as I could. But it was the strangest thing. Um, you know how Robert's Rules of Order works with, <laughs> you know, they, they, they put something out there and then they have discussion, right? The, the 18th was on, on the table for them to start. Basically, once the Order 2299 goes away, mm-hmm. can we start? Yes. And that was kind of the discussion. And I swear to you, this, these these meetings are weird because it's audio only, so you can't really see anyone's. <laughs> you can't see where you know b- body language and those types of things. So the first three, I swear to you, I'm not trying to build this up on Twitter. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to report what I hear. The <laughs> first three callers, I swear to you, are reporting. They're going. I'm not sure we should do this. I'm from (laughs) North Branch, and we're not ready. Our school district isn't prepared. And literally, it was like, bang, bang, bang. I'm like, whoa, out of the gate. This thing is not going to go over. I'm like, literally, pull the chute. We aren't going to have. Right, DOA, exactly. And then Troy Stein, who's the athletic director and the tre- of Edina and the and the uh, treasurer on the board, he jumps on and he's just like, all of a sudden, he got the ship right back on, and literally, <laughs> it just went right back the opposite way. Like, we got to do this, we got to do this. Leave mm-hmm. it up to the school districts. Everyone could choose what they want to do, and the narrative completely changed. And then about eight more of those happen, and next thing you know, oh, do we have a vote? And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And before I could eat, I had, you could sense the yes, yes, yeses in the tone of the vote. I had already had the tweet out that it was 18 to nothing. before I had tweeted yeah. it before the it was actually official. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and that was it. And that, and then that passed. And that tweet, just crazy, has, you know, it's completely bound by if Governor Walls removes his order, right? Mm-hmm. Completely bound by that. That tweet got Three or four hundred likes. It was unbelievable. But it doesn't mean anything. It did, and I tweeted. <laughs> yeah. I quote tweeted right on top of that. This is completely dependent upon the order being lifted and your school district allowing sports to be played. Like I live in Bloomington, and they, Todd, yeah. his Roman plays hockey for Bloomington Kennedy. He can't play till January first, regardless of what the governor says. Mm-hmm. As an example, yeah. And there's a lot of school districts like Bloomington that are already put that order in place. Yeah, and I I just the case level part is the thing that scares me because if we start to see a spike and you know maybe if we see a spike in surrounding states, you know, too. I I don't know because it's just yeah, that's they, the part that scares me. As yeah. of yesterday, Minnesota's number 1 in the nation in case rate. So, I mean, that says all you need to know. You know, that, 
you know, now we're thinking in two weeks we're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, it's funny. No matter what you say and the word COVID comes into it, it immediately becomes kind of a political thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and we we had a couple laughs about it on our last podcast about left wing and right wing and center and all that stuff. It's true. And and I I had a tweet on Friday, and Peter and I were hemming and hawing. Should we tweet it or should we not? Should we tweet it or should we not? I'm like, let's just do it. And if it turns into a political <laughs> convention, we'll just delete the thing. So what I did is I went back. I went to back to the week that Walls made the decision. and ex- ex- Oh, I saw the order. tweet. And yeah. I basically yeah. just tweeted, here are the average cases per day for this week. And it was going down. What I was trying to do was... Hey, we have some optimism. It is going down. It's trending downward. Yes. Let's it's something to look forward to. And for the longest time, not one political convention broke out. I'm like, good. I, I had some fair and accurate reporting. Really good. <laughs> and then ten o'clock that night, I got. <laughs> Come on, why are you sending out these tweets about COVID? I'm like, because I'm trying to. Every one of our tweets is let's stay positive. We're skating outside. I've got a lot of those tweets going right now. Everything's kind. Of, I'm trying to keep everything on the upswing and not. So negative because it's a really tough time for everybody. Have I told you what my mom calls it now? She, she, there's a saying called cafeteria Catholics. Yes, and so <laughs> she's calling it cafeteria COVID people, where like it's just you pick and choose right. which COVID yeah. stuff you want to yeah. follow. Yeah, I, I have my opinions about this. Or that. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And Twitter is a cesspool for it. It is so. <laughs> Bad. Right. One and, more. And talk to actual people. You know, they're most people are pretty reasonable and have nuanced <laughs> takes. But if you look at Twitter, <laughs> don't look at Twitter. It's not good. It's not healthy. Um, I will say this though: there was uh, uh, at, at the October board meeting. I get the dates: October first board meeting, December third board meeting. At the October first board meeting. There was no sense that there would be a state high school hockey tournament. There, that was the vibe I got out of that meeting. This meeting, uh, December 3rd meeting, I got the vibe that there's going to be a state high school hockey tournament. Did you guys get that vibe I mean, as well? I got the vibe that there will be a culminating event, Tony. Oh, come on. I hate that <laughs> word. <laughs> but I think there will be a culminating state tournament. They use the language state tournament, state tournament, state basketball, state hockey. I think they got so much pushback. That- I think that the state tournament will happen. I think it won't be any fans in the building, et cetera, et cetera. But there will be uh, – I would bet there will be some some press. I bet we'll probably get kicked out of that press. Oh, <laughs> kick them out, you know, but whatever. Well, yeah. There will be a state tournament, and hopefully it won't be on a, a YHH or a state youth weekend. But at this point, we'll take anything, right? Yeah. I think yeah. we too, too. So that, I'll take that back. Uh, let's talk some hockey, uh, a little bit of hockey anyway. Hmm. Um, a lot of these – we talked, I think, in our last pod – about, you know, they're just, screw it. These kids are going to go play juniors, you know? Yeah. And I said on the show that there are not going to be a lot of spots in the inn. You know, there's not going to be a lot of hotel rooms for these kids to go play in. And you're seeing it now. There's some of the, you know, some of the top, top-end kids like Kyle Kukkanen and Joe Palatichuk have made their way to NHL, NAHL. <laughs> NHL uh, team. Sorry, NAHL. They're not even draft eligible, but they're... <laughs> yeah, they have made the they jump. Made, they, they made the show. No, they're, they're playing in the null. Um, you saw Kyle scored last night. Joe yep. Palatichuk is playing. 
Um, you saw Ethan Elias and Jackson Borst got in there last night. So it's fun to see that some of these top-end players are making their way there and they're having a place to play the, during this 30-day pause. Um, what are your guys' take on that? Did you th- expect more? Did you expect kind of what, what you expected? What do you think? Um, here's a question. So I, I've been looking at rosters as they, uh, roster sheets as they come off on Twitter. Uh, is the NA rostering more per game right now? Because they had like four of like a fifth sk- offensive, like skater, you know, type of thing. Oh, you mean like a, the extra skater? You mean? Yeah. A lot of these have extra skaters. Okay. Yeah. But I think they can only have 20 or 22 on the roster every night. Yeah, kind of so like, like college has that, too. They have healthy the, the Robbie. Yeah. Well, that's the next thing. The Robbie Stucker, you know, the extra uh, D. Yeah. You know, we get to a whole show on Robbie <laughs> Stucker. But uh, uh, but that's the extra. Those are the roster players. And then and then, and then Carl just chimed in the healthy scratches. Those are the ones I like to go see. And like, yeah. like Chicago Steel has like a stud factory. I mean, they're, they're a USHL. <laughs> they have so many great players. Just it's it's a great. They've done a great Gleason job. Gleason on there. the steel? Yeah, he's on the steel. And then you go look at this healthy. You can every guy on the on the steel is like a like a you know future NHL star or D <laughs> one player, and they're healthy scratches. It's because they have so many players, and they're so deep. But yeah, so some of these teams, the healthy scratch is sometimes they're just kind of they're taking their turns sitting out. It is kind of crazy, like the NA rosters sheets when they get posted, the line charts. How many college commitments are on there? And then when you look at the USHL one, how many NHL commitments there are? Yeah, how many draftees? And it's just. Uh, to me, that's still just so mind-boggling uh, yeah. because uh, just how far we've come with that. And yeah, it's, American hockey is really it's a, it couldn't be in a better place, and you can and you can see it. It's right there. All these kids that are playing Division One hockey are are all being drafted uh, into the NHL. It's it's fun to see, and it just will continue to grow. USA Hockey's done a great job in growing the game, and and uh, we're right in the middle of it here in Minnesota. What have you seen, Carl? Yeah, you know, I think because of our last podcast, I was new to expect this. I think now the real question is, you know, if we have a season that starts, let, let's say it starts midway through January or even later than we, we might be hoping for now, do those kids who have been playing in the Nall for the past couple of weeks now come back? I, well, I think the ones that you're seeing pop up now, yes, they'll come back. Um, I think that's the, always been their intent is to play high school hockey, at least by reports from all of these people. Um, will they come back? Uh, and I think will the, the bigger question is, is Kyle Kukinen coming back? Jackson Helm coming back? Yeah. Ethan Elias, Jackson Boris, I think those kids are all coming back. The bigger question is, does a Jack Peart come back? Mm-hmm. You know, does he leave Fargo now that he's been there for half of a season? And he's playing a regular shift. He's literally yeah. first or second D every night in, yeah. in Fargo. Does he come back? I don't know. I think he will. I think I think if any one of those you know real studs would come back, I think it would be him because Grand Rapids, regardless of what you're saying, they are the they are the prohibitive favorite in Section Seven AA, and they will make it to a state tournament no matter what that state tournament looks like. I think they will come back. Will a Luke Middlestat leave Lincoln and come back? Yeah. That's the bigger question. I've been told that Jackson Blake wouldn't come back, but I still think that Eden Prairie is the best team in that, in, that, in Section 2 AA. I don't if think Middlestat, they need Blake. They, they could they, they, they could could use him. Use him, <laughs> but they don't need him. No, I think they're still the best yeah. team, and I still think that that's that's probably one of the better sections that you have out there. And isn't wasn't yep. Langenbrunner a junior last year? Yep, he's a yep. senior as well. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if he'd come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Middlestat would come back. Yeah, I think so too. So, and the other th- interesting thing is getting back to COVID, and I hate people to react oddly, but there's been so many cancellations of yeah. not just, I mean, college football, <laughs> pro football. I mean, the poor Norsemen um, and the Magicians and the Bruins, they're playing all road games right now because they can't play in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> I'm going to make a quick little stand on a soapbox here. And it seems weird. And again, I'm going to sound weird, but it seems weird that these uh, teams like the Norsemen in the NAHL, Minnesota based teams can't play a game, can't practice in Minnesota because they're classified as youth sports, but almost all of them are 18 or older, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. Gophers Can are play. 18 and older. St. Cloud state, 18 and older. All these guys are 18 and older. They're college age, but they've been given an exemption, and junior hockey hasn't. I don't think that's fair. And I, the reason they were originally it was it was uh, deemed they weren't deemed because they couldn't get testing. Well, yeah, now right. testing is literally Ridgeview Elementary, one mile from my house, has a testing center. Yeah. And I can go up there and test anytime I want, and there's no line, and it's free. Well, if that's the case, why can't the kids in St. Cloud experience the same thing as the thing on the Norsemen or the Magicians do the exact same thing? And I think that's that's a bad. They're getting a bad deal on this whole thing. Yeah, it, there's no way around that. And you know, to that matter, like high school kids could get tested too, Tony. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, it's, it's all there. The testing is there. If you can test, let's go. You know, if it's required for the state high school league for kids to test three times a week, well, let's do it. Yeah. Do and it. these are swab tests. Yeah. I mean, this isn't yeah. the, what I've had nine times shoved up my nose tests. <laughs> I'm, I swear I'm, I'm, uh, I cannot test for it. I've tested nine times and negative every time. COVID so. free since '93. I have, I have, yes, I have been. I have been. Uh, one other note: I want to talk about the Minnesota Minnesota hockey met with the Minnesota Amateur Sports Commission on Friday, and I would say that all of the indications from the meeting were very positive. And if I try to read between the lines, between the text messages between myself and people involved, was that there probably will be practices, and then our high school. For, for the youth and obviously for the high school kids. So I think there's a, if, if like getting back to Danny, if, if the case numbers can continue to flatten out or, or lower, we will be back to practicing by December 18th or December 21st, whatever that day is. So. Yeah, that's the thing that I would keep an eye on because they uh, were closed down because of case numbers. Yes. So if case numbers continue to be at the same levels that they were or are, then we're going to be in the status quo for Correct. a longer period of time. The here's the weird thing. Let's just say it does. I don't have my calendar from me. I'll try to get it as fast as I can. Um, but the I was talking to Joe Pancrantz, the uh, coach of Prior Lake, and he says it's going to be the strangest you thing. It. You said it. Oh, of the casino. Sorry, <laughs> casino. Sorry. Uh, thank you, Carl. And he said, how weird would it be if we do open and it's the twenty first, right? Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to have your high school tryouts? You get cut from the team the day Merry before Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You're cut. You know? But I or got whatever. you a new Oculus for yes. Christmas. <laughs> but he was just saying running into Christmas is going to be really weird to have yeah, tryouts that week. And It'll that's what weird. makes me think that it's going to be extended for two more weeks just because of that. But I have 
that's guesses on my side. You know what was other with another weird take away from the MSHL meeting was they were like, yeah, we're going to do whatever we can to get as many of these games in as we can. So they might still get their 18 games in even if they start on January 14th. I was like, what? Where'd that two games per week thing go? Well, that's not going to – let me get you the calculator. That does not work. Yeah. But anyway, so – that would be my take, is that I think we might be playing games right after the first of the year. At least the stu- school districts and schools that are eligible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. talk about a scheduling nightmare. This whole thing is just oh. going to be oh. – I feel bad for these coaches. Well, we can talk yeah, to one in a little bit about it. Yes, we do have a coach coming on. Uh, Matt Funk from Creton Durham Hall will join us for a short bit. We'll hear about his uh, coaching career and – uh, what his coaches are doing, what his players are doing, his you know his prospectus for a team. I think he's got very high hopes for the Raiders this year, and I think six double A will be wide open. Don't you guys? Yeah, think? yeah, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be, gonna be a fun second. one. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams, but there's not one of those Cretan, not one of those uh, uh, Benilde superstar teams, Edina yeah. super yeah. teams. But there are a bunch of really I, those guys were tens. I mean, there's a bunch of eight and nines out there right now that could really be good. This is like the Big Ten. Yes, Big Ten <laughs> hockey. Yeah, they're all pretty, pretty good, good, but they're not. There's not one number one rated <laughs> team. I agree with that. Um, speaking of coaches, uh, I had a podcast this week, or actually, I did it Friday, but it published Saturday with Trent Clatton. I got to give you some notes on this thing. I mean, here's this guy. <laughs> That was so humble, so honest. It was just a, it was a very refreshing hour and 45 minutes of time to hear a guy talk about. I mean, here, I'll just give you one little highlight. His hair was very straight, still is very straight. And he wanted the curly mullet and he couldn't get any curl to it. So he had his sister curl the back of his hair so it would look good coming out of the back of his helmet. <laughs> I mean, it was this is the kind of stuff that we got the entire podcast, you know. <laughs> the story about he and he and Kenny Janander married twins. Oh, uh, really? twin sisters. Oh yeah, and they lived they have a house next door to each other in oh, in Grand Rapids. And the, just just the whole his he basically had opened up his book to me and opened up to every one of our listeners to hear his story and we get got a lot of good tidbits about the 2016 and 17 Rapids teams and how he got the job with the Islanders and there's so much there, there's so much meat on the bone and I got a lot of the meat off the bone and for for you guys to chew on. Uh, it was a great pod. I hope that's, if you haven't heard it, I would love to uh, love for you guys to take a listen to it. Well, that'd be cool. Um, so today's show, we're going to talk a, a lot about our five year anniversary. Uh, Danny, do you and want me I to... did the math? Do you want to set the table for it? Yeah. So I yeah. started doing the podcast six and a half years ago. Yep. Um, with a high school friend of mine, um, he didn't know anything about hockey. And it the, it was literally proposed and, to and you and that would make you two so it was two guys running a show. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was Christmas Eve and we were at the library, which doesn't exist anymore. Down, right <laughs> down, down, down at the, the U. Library, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he he said, "Do you want to do a podcast on high school hockey?" And I was actually unemployed at the time, and I said, "Um." Sh- 
sure. He goes, good, I said you would. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and this was for KQ92 and something, and like 93X or yeah. what have you. And they were trying to spin off something on it. And so I did that with him for a year and a half. It was... It, it wasn't really collaborative content. I really had a script most of the stuff out. Yep. And so then I asked Carl to come on at the end of um, 2015, the last season, season the last show. Um, I asked him again to come on for the first show of 2016 or 15-16. Yep. And then I got Tony to come on for the um, third show, which was yep. December 6th. And so a little bit of background. Um, I met Carl because I stocked Carl at a Duluth East Blaine game at Fogarty. And you're a professional yeah. at stocking. Yep, yep. I'm very good at that. Right. And Tony... We, 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 we should note also that, you know, Danny tracked me down and talked to me for a bit, but that's not an uncommon occurrence for me. So when Danny <laughs> walked up to me at the state tournament and started talking to me again, I had no idea who he was. I got one <laughs> of those no faces, I suppose. <laughs> um, and then, Tony, you and I have known each other since, like, 2005. Yeah, it's been a long time. So uh, dating back to the, the golf course, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it was easy for me to get you to come on. <laughs> yeah, well, we had way. done. I had done an interview with you over at my old office. Yep, you wore a Grand Rapids jersey. I wonder if that Pat interview White. is still out there. Yeah, well, I think it, it was on be. YouTube. It was a I ten minute. Find it. it was a ten minute with Tony Scott. Yeah, and yeah. we talked. We prepped. I remember we were talking like Tanner Tweetum and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Tanner Tweetin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But, um, no, we. Um, but we actually reconnected because I and this is going to sound really funny um my mom played volleyball oh my gosh oh my gosh yes so, so forgot about that so my mom played volleyball at Kennedy eventually she played at the Armory in Bloomington and stuff but um and I think Hadley my daughter had futsal or something over yep. there and I had to pick her up and so you were running laps yep with Olivia, I want to say. Yes. And, and so then <laughs> I looked. off the rails here. I, I looked up and I was like, oh, that's Tony Zozel. I was like, I should probably go and say hi because we had always been close. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so. Um, and you're I, watching your mom play, play volleyball. Yeah. So uh, what's more exciting? <laughs> mom playing volleyball, Gina on the court. Or walk in the court with me. Well, and, and um, my brother was playing uh, hockey at the time. I forget what level. And so then, like, and my mom was like, this this YHH person is a Jaguar Bobo. Like, all they do is talk about the Jags, and they suck. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and so then I did a little digging in my, you know, stocking abilities, and I figured out that Tony Scott was actually Tony Zozel. And yeah. Tony did not work not the at. the hardest stocking you've ever It's do. not hard to figure out. Well, it was back then because you didn't have that much publicized yes, differently. Uh, yes, correct. correct and and correct. so then I was like, Tony, you run Youth Hockey Hub, and I actually like watching a lot of high school games, and that's kind of how it sparked the 10-minute thing, and yeah. we just kind of kept talking after that. Yeah, uh, no doubt. It was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. How it Sorry, out. that's that's kind of the genesis good, of the whole podcast. Yeah, it is. We it really down the rabbit hole, yeah. and now we will come up out of the rabbit hole. So what, <laughs> so what Um, we were coming up for air, right? kind of texting each other this week, what were the most memorable games or experiences in the last five years of the show? Yeah. Because this is the five-year anniversary show. So everything we talk about from here forward in this segment is in the podcast era. 
Yes. Whether it was re- recorded in YHH with a microphone next to a speakerphone <laughs> or, or in the KQ92 studios. Yes. Um, or Carl was standing in the hallway on the phone with people in the next room. <laughs> yeah, or we've done one podcast in Carl's apartment. Yeah, that, yeah. that too. Why was I up there? Was, I, was that during the interview? Interviews. I was interviewing kids yeah. across yeah. the state, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. all right. So, um, it's been kind of funny. So, um, we decided to think of, you know, some fun games that we were at. Uh, I'll start it off with kind of the most exciting games or memorable ones in the past five years for me. The Blake Benilde overtime penalty shot Gavin Best one was awesome. Being able to call that game on the radio, too, which is, it was really, really cool. Yeah, uh, that's on my list for later. Um, <laughs> uh, I was at dinner with my it was it was my daughter Olivia's 18th birthday last year, and I agreed to go to dinner and miss that game. And I've missed section finals. <laughs> if I would, could pick a couple section finals, I would rather have missed than that one. That'd be definitely on my list. And, and I I would say this one's probably on your list too. Um, I picked Carl up when he lived in the metro and. We drove over to Hill Murray Stillwater. My dad grabbed the tickets, remember, Carl? And it may not have been legal, but yeah. <laughs> he scalped them for sure. And then um, we went and watched this game. I mean, it was sold out at Aldrich in, um, in section final. Spinorama ends it in overtime. and It, it was a great pass, too. Oh, stretch pass. and I, it, it was just... And then we're standing on the like the top rows, you know, at, at Aldrich. Kids are climbing on the beams behind us. It's just, it was such a cool atmosphere. And then you know the goal scores, Kate scores, and then like all he goes over to his student section, and the cascade of kids down, like nearly like jumping on the ice. Can't too. believe the glass didn't collapse. I, I know <laughs> <laughs> that one was. That's probably. One a very special game for me. That was a lot of fun. At least yeah. to say I was there for it. Because yeah. anytime you're at a sold out Aldrich, it's just cool. Yeah, it was really cool. That didn't make my list of five. I missed, but partially because that's also the same day as the first day of youth regions, and we're covering thirty three, <laughs> tur- eighteen tournaments all over the state. And I could have gone. Technically, Peter did cover that for us that day. But I, technically, I could have gone to that game, but I was just exhausted. By 7 o'clock, Youth Region Friday, that's probably one of the toughest days of the year. Because yeah. there's four games yeah. in 30. So they were covering 100 and some games in one day all over the state. I just missed it. But we watched it or listened to it. I listened to it online. Yeah, you couldn't watch it probably. Yeah, yeah I, did. I listened to that game. It was pretty cool. Um, my next one, I, I kind of call this the game of the, uh, I think it's the game of the century currently. It's the Holy Family Eden Prairie section final, uh, semifinal in 2016. Uh, it had so many twists and turns in it, and it was, it had every aspect that you wanted. It had Casey in it. It had a disallowed goal. It just, uh, it was just, that game was fun. I was there. I was sitting next to, I believe, the Holy Family. You were on bench. the Holy Family was side. Was I on the Holy Family yeah, side? Next yeah, next to the Holy I was Family next bench. Next to the Holy Family bench, shooting in my normal spot where I. I was in my normal spot. Yeah, we were right across the rink from mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> and I was up above the glass, shooting pictures. And um, what I remember most about that game is the. Obviously, the disallowed goal. But right after the disallowed goal, Michael Graham is skating through the neutral zone, 
and gets a stick slapped off of his hand out of his hands and it turned into a power play which then turned into the eventual game winning goal and i mean you got to feel bad for holy family because they were the better team that day they had more aggression they had yeah, everything but casey was the be- better player oh yeah yeah that that was uh, the Casey chasing down Will Guerin, who was two lines ahead of him. Yes. Like on, he was at the red line. Casey was below the blue line. Caught him before Will hit the circle. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Will Guerin is one of the fastest players. And that was just, to me, that, that cemented like Casey's lore. So here's my question. You and I could sit there and put a whole podcast on about that game. Yeah. Carl, what are your recollections? You were probably up at, up in Duluth uh, on your phone uh, re- yeah. refreshing your Twitter feed. What was what, Eric's what was like Twitter take? feed? Yeah, what, were you, what was your take? It was, it was such a blur for me. I remember I was at Amsdale. I remember this was the year that, let's see. Is that Perunovic's year? Yes. Well, oh, yeah. And then I remember in the seven AA games. East kind of buried Elk River, and then Grand Rapids was, made its kind of pushed around. I believe was it Cloquet? I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't remember. Oh, but I mean, those semifinal Saturdays are just such a blur. There are always so many good games going off that you know it's like, oh, of course, it's a, it's a great game going on in two double A or six double A. It's, it's it's routine. So you don't even, you didn't even realize how great it was until you probably got the account from Danny later on on the phone. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was fantastic. You know, that's kind of like, uh, I think it was when the next year, when Elk River and Grand Rapids were playing it at yeah. Amsoil. We were over, I think that was... We were, we were at Braemar. Yeah, and that's the Prior Lake. Prior game. Lake game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Jensen had a big game that day. It just yeah. like he always had a big game at Braemar. Well, we, we were standing uh, in my normal spot right next to each other, like standing up on the seats yes. and watching that game. And then we were watching Carl's feed for the Grand Rapids. And it's just three-goal goal, comeback. Goal, goal, goal. Three goals in <laughs> yeah. like five minutes. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, my next one was Monticello Hermantown, the championship game in 2017. I mean, the whole rink was saying, you know, moose. Yeah, moose. moose. I mean, my voice moose. was gone by the end of it. it. Just we weren't in the press box that year, so we could, you know, scream all we wanted in the stands, and we did. That was uh, that was the year. It was. One press pass, one photo pass. So it was me against the world. That was yeah. hard working year for me. Uh, it was also the year my brother Bro- died yeah. during the state <laughs> yeah. tournaments. Yeah, uh, it was a lot going on. But I, that game galvanized how great Class A hockey can be in yes. the state. Uh, when a little school like Monticello. I mean, I always say a smaller hockey program, <laughs> not a little school, because that's a big school, um, can take, you know, capture the whole state. I mean, had they defeated Hermantown, that would have been oh, one of the yeah. greatest upsets in, in state history. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this isn't my list, but I w- would say my, my number one game, or to have one, would probably be the Greenway Hermantown game. <laughs> yeah, at the section yeah. final. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you did get if you did get a list, yeah, I, 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 we'll come back to that, Carl. Put that one back on the on the burner burner because I have some great games too. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about that one because Peter uh, called me that night after the game. Says it was magical what he had seen that <laughs> night. So I want to I want to get your take on it. I as thought well. I trademarked the magical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, keep going, Danny. Um, and then my last one is Jefferson versus Virginia in 2016. Tony, we called that one together. Yeah, and it was just it was my first time in minors, and it was actually my first time at the hip that night too. Yeah, and it was just it was a really, really just cool experience of Minnesota. And then, like, from there, driving to Duluth in a snowstorm and stuff. And it was just, like, it was so cool to call a game at Virginia. And then, like, people coming up, like, saying thanks to us. Like, Reed was coaching still, oh, I think, yeah, then. Reed Larson was the coach. Do you remember the lady who took our ticket? She yeah. knew who we were. Yeah. Like, we're in Virginia. and we, I mean, it's one thing for me to be known in Moorhead or in Duluth or Grand Rapids where yeah. we give a lot of publicity, a lot of coverage, and a lot of that, where we're not talking about Virginia a whole lot. Yeah, that was probably one of the first times that I started to realize that it, what we're doing is a lot bigger. Further than, reached than we think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's always it, – it's so much fun meeting – People from all around the state, and that was probably one of the more special nights, at least for me, that way. I agree. I agree with you that way. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. And it was a good game, too. And Jake Seitz was amazing. Came Cryback, and that, it was just, it was a good game. It was a really good game. All right, keep going. Are you out of your five yet? That's that's my five. Your five. All right, Carl, we're going to do a little twist on this, Mr. Rankings guy. I'd like to hear your games that really threw off your rankings the most. Sure. These are Games that either really threw off the rankings or solidified them or just sort of made me think that what ended up happening might happen or, or just completely led me astray. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I challenge uh, Carl to think of these just because yeah. they're interesting, like, uh, concepts is for Iron, all of us. Is Irondale going to make the show today? They are. Okay, good. I just <laughs> want to make sure. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I picked five, and it, it just sort of turned out that there's one from each of the past five years of oh, our nice. podcast era. And so number five on the list is, you know, it's hard to choose one game from last season just because last season was complete chaos every week. But, <laughs> yes. Um, but the, I think the one that really epitomized that and is Iron you know, blew it all up the most was White Bear Lake Irondale, <laughs> which was just... what Didn't we have well, like five straight new number ones in yeah, a row? It was close to that. And it I felt like it was. Part, yeah. what, it was bad. What I remember about that game, I was at St. Thomas versus Rosebound. I we was, were both at that game. Yeah, and I was standing next to um, uh, Tom Vanelli, and I showed, I showed that score, and <laughs> it was like, what, what just happened? You know, look, and it was that says all you need to say there. All right, you got some more games. Yeah. So number four, and this is one that I think led me astray, was uh, a <clears throat> game in 2017. Uh, it took place in, in Cloquet, and it was late in the season. I think it was the final week, actually. And Cloquet beat Grand Rapids 4-1. Yes. And the wheels were just falling off the Grand <sighs> Rapids bus. It was an incredibly talented team, but they looked like a total mess. And I just walked out of there thinking, this this team is you know, irredeemable. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> lost at sea. <laughs> it's, it's sad. I I talk- Cloquet, they're going to be the four seed. <laughs> I-, I talked to Trent about that team, obviously, in length on, on the pod this week. And he talked about, we, I brought them to the point where uh, they were down uh, 2 nothing and 3-1 and, and to one to uh, Elk River that day. And he says, I just called a timeout and said, hey, you know, let's let's quit being quit, quit quit squeezing your stick and go out there and have some fun. And you saw what happened after that. 
they had fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. What's the next uh, but, game? Yep. Okay. Um, so the last three, I mean, it's, it, they're, they're all late conference games, but this is kind of reality of you know, where the top teams have often been over the past couple of years. So is what it is. Um, this one go, is from 2019 and it's, uh, it was a five to two win by Edina over Minnetonka. And this is a game where Minnetonka came in undefeated. They were number one almost all, you know, all year, defending champs. And then they uh, were up two to one going into the third period, and they gave up four goals. And then they were never really the same after that. And if you look at the rest of the regular season, they kind of sputtered along, had a couple ties and losses to Wyzetta and Edina. And even though they were still one of the clear favorites going to the playoffs, I, I think a lot of us were not totally shocked when they ended up going down. Yes. And that's the game at Minnetonka, right? Yes. Yeah, January 24th, I was at that one. I don't remember that game. Oh, January 24th, that was during the Squirtacular. Yeah. I, that explains why I wasn't at that game. Yeah, I log all the games that I go to. All right, uh, what's the next one? Uh, number two on the list is going to 2016. This was a game where, you know, I think Eden Prairie was a pretty clear favorite that year, but um, they, they met Wyzetta. Um, it looks like January 30th. Yep, I was there. Mm-hmm. And Wyzetta wins 4-2 to two on two Hank Sorensen goals. <laughs> if that's well, Obviously, it's a preview of the state championship game. And I remember being very bullish on Wyzetta going into the playoffs that year, even though if you look at their schedule down the stretch, they, they lost a bunch of games after that. I mean, they're Wyzetta. They do this. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was like you could see that this team was built to win a big game over very talented teams, which they were, and they did. Ah, that's a good one there. That that's is a, a really good, good nugget. Because I felt like I watched them play Wyzetta. Maybe it was the next year, Casey's senior, where they just killed everybody. Yeah. I think they beat Wyzetta three times in yeah. running time. Well, so that was such a year. different Wyzetta team yes. year over year. Yeah, but they did go to state, though. I know. <laughs> just for the record, they did go to state in 17. Yeah. That was a much worse section final. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what's the last one, Carl? Uh, so number one on the list, uh, I, t- I think number one has to be from 2018, because I think 2018 was the season when we had the, the most really, really good teams in this era. You had Edina, you had Minnetonka, you had Duluth East, you had the St. Thomas team that, had they not been upset, might have been in that category. Um, now this was a game, it was at Braemar, um, and it was Edina versus Minnetonka, uh, one-to-one game into the third period, but then... You know, all of a sudden, Minnetonka starts pulling ahead. They they win, um, well, four to one, um, and it's really ended up being more of a four to two game. There were a couple of goals in the last fifteen seconds, but uh, Minnetonka won five to three. And I remember my reaction to that one is: so Edina's been winning all these games, like seven to nothing, six to one, eight nothing over over good teams. You know, they were just steamrolling everyone. But here, Minnetonka comes along and finally gives them a close game, and they they don't pull it off. And that just made me think, you know, this team has so little experience in big, big games. What's going to happen when they get to the X and they're stuck in a tight game against one of these other big teams? And what happened was, you know, they ran into the Luthies in the semis and you know, they kind of let in a, a fluky goal and just couldn't find ways to solve East's, East's defense. And this, what might have been the most talented team of this, this era lost. What's interesting about that team, I still come back to the butt shot, the shot where... <laughs> I don't even know what defender. I'll call it Frederick Payne. It's just Carson Cochran. Cochran Cochran falls, literally loses it it 
in the crease, falls, and as he's falling, as his butt is hitting the ice, someone's firing a puck right into his backside, and they don't <laughs> score. That's true. I mean, like, how do you remember that? And I asked, I asked Sammy Walker about that in a pod during COVID, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I have nightmares about that butt. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have been Sammy who shot the puck. But you get the idea. Is yeah. like it's just it's been a crazy, crazy uh, set of games. That's that's a good take. I, I'm going to go. My games are games that I missed. These are the FOMO games. These are the games that I missed. Like <laughs> I man, these are. F- True FOMOs, and it's funny. We talked about the the game, Danny's game of the century. Well, literally ten minutes after that game of the century, I could have easily skipped my way over from Braemar to Bloomington Ice yeah. Garden to watch Creighton knock off Benilde St. Margaret's. And we both I just didn't. went and got a bite to eat at Subway at Normandale Village. And I watched Prior versus Minnetonka. Yeah, four blocks away <laughs> from Bloomington Ice Garden, I could have walked right into the arena. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't. And I looked down at my phone and it says, Benil loses. Number one, Benil loses. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? So <laughs> that's one. I'll put that down. That's number one. That's where I just, just kicking myself. Another one on a section Saturday was when Holy Family beat Minnetonka at Braemar. Yeah, we both missed that. If one. anybody knows where my house is compared to where Braemar Arena is, it's almost closer to in Bloomington to big than, yeah. than, than big. It's that close. I was, again, exhausted from the the hunt all day, covering all these games, you know, tr- uh, racing all over the states, covering games. It was the 7 o'clock game. It was a late game. And that, it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And Brianna was there. She goes, are you coming? I must have got 10 texts from her. Are you coming? Are you going to come here? And I'm like, ah, I'm just, I'm still yeah. tweeting. And it's, it's way easier to do work from your home on a computer than it is on a phone. At a rink. One of my um, favorite memories on that one is, so I went to the ice forum, but then I parked my mom's car. My mom and I went to the ice forum to catch, like, Maple Grove versus Champlin because we were interviewing Boynton on the next show. And then, like, we had parked the car at Braemar because we were there. Oh, no. And so then we went back to Braemar. And so then um, I go into Braemar right when it ended jack jensen's there so i'm talking to jack and um garrett um smith yeah and i forget who the other um kid was and so then like they were in just shock and awe yeah because they're like we're we're going to state we're going to state yeah (laughs) and they just they knew it at that point that they could be um holy family and instead of playing Tonka again. Yeah, again, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Ice Forum, this is a game I wish I would have gone to is when uh, Trevor Janicki went crazy and beat Blaine in the section semis that Saturday. I was done with all yeah. my games. I could have went up to the Forum and watched that game. I wish I would have seen that game. Um, Carl, Knock Riley Tufty out of high yeah. school hockey. Carl, mm-hmm. were you with me at the Benilde Blaine game that year at St. Louis Park? I'm not remember. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, where they're just teeing up Tufty. Yeah. yeah. My, my my only memory of that game is just the the the, the power play machine where it's just set up Tufty in the in the circle. Norderman. Yeah. Norderman to Tufty. And again. And it was like a four minute power play, and it was just Tufty <laughs> taking slappers, <laughs> and it's just like clap, 
clap, and it was just like the loudest I've ever yeah, heard a puck off pads. That's all I remember from that game. Well, Benilde <laughs> won because remember sure, they were undefeated. undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they were yeah. all year long. Anyways, uh, my next one is my son Jake's first high school goal. Of course, it's during <laughs> uh, it's his junior year. It's during uh, our opener over at Bloomington Ice Garden, and my wife, she, glad she doesn't listen to the show, she harps <laughs> on me all the time. You're too busy covering other kids and not your own. I got, I got that a lot, right? At least when she wanted to really get after me. Well, sure <laughs> enough, it all came to fruition. I'm at Bloomington Ice Garden covering uh, the the opener, and I look on the Jefferson Jag Twitter feed, and there it is, you know. Goal! Zolzo, first high school goal, and Dad was not there. I was mad that he scored, believe it or not. Not happy, because <laughs> I couldn't be there. Like, didn't you know I was not there? Come on. Come on, Drake. Be better. No, <laughs> no I just remember that. Um, and then lastly, uh, uh, Danny talked about it already, uh, the Benilde game last year. Again, yeah. uh, your daughter's birthday is more important than a hockey game. I'm going to cover a lot more high school section finals. I had to miss one. That's one I missed. I wish I wouldn't have missed it. But uh, I got Danny's call. Right after. Danny, I got in the car, and Danny and Zach's call. And, my gosh, Danny, you were in rare form when that puck went in. <laughs> it was a, Can you believe that? It was, it was just like me. You know, Danny and I are kind of spirit animals. He was pretty excited when it happened. Well, I was and then pretty I excited. Call- you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I picked up the phone, and you're like, Danny, I'm listening to you on the radio. What are you calling me for? <laughs> I know. It was great. It was great. So, um, any other games? I got so many on, on my list, too, that those are the ones I missed, but I got some other ones. I broadcasted the, I was broadcasted the Grand Rapids East game uh, in 2016 at IRA. It was the atmosphere in there was unbelievable. Carl and yeah. I, our trip, you and I, our trip to uh, uh, Am's Am Oil, Oil. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the six I second re- Alex Adams game, yep. and you were at a St. Thomas game, right? Yeah, I called it a pee pumping. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, here's one, uh, the Tonka beat Lakeville North in, in the opener, uh, Josh Lutke tied it with like, you and I were next to each other on that, that one. was a pretty good game. Um, and then we'd be remiss not to talk about the Holy Family, uh, Tonka game where Tonka, t- the Teddy Lagerbeck co- goal. That was pretty amazing. The coolest part with that one is we were up in the press box and LeVake literally had to go control a delete yeah and he already had the whole story written (laughs) he had the whole story written and that's the way reporters look at stuff sometimes like oh yeah not change my entire i gotta go rewrite the whole story i was super excited because we were catching like one of the greatest games of the year oh that's great the look on dave's face was so disappointed there was defeat (laughs) and then uh obviously the casey crying game will go down in history too where grand rapids just Jack Jensen had the game of his life and just had so many chances he couldn't finish that night. I remember that was one of my takeaways there was how great he played in that game um, but couldn't get the W and then Casey crying. And there was probably a million tweets about that. And, like, it kind of it kind of summed up what how great high school hockey is here in Minnesota that that actually happens. Yeah, and then, like, the next day they – the fake Grand Rapids Twitter handle mascot film me dancing with the band. Yeah. And then like Tim Howell came <laughs> into town and stood next to us when Rapids won. That yeah. was just, you know, 
so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, there were a lot of good times. Uh, A lot. We've had a lot of good times on the show. Uh, Any other memories from the, from the five years before we jump into our, our interview with Matt? No, it just always feels like I say the stupidest things on the show. No. Well, you do. (laughs) That's your role. Yeah. You're not, that's not an act. I thought, I, I thought all this time was an act. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't. Good. It's going well, then. Well, you're also good for laughs, too. <laughs> Try to be. The Mustang. All right. <laughs> all right. So we will take a quick break here with our boys, and we'll lead into a great interview with Creighton Dermall High School coach Matt Funk. Danny, you want to take this? Well, thanks, Tony. Yes, we are joined now with Creighton Durham Hall head coach, Matt Funk. Matt, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. So we, um, our first guest on the show was Bill McCarthy. Um, form- ever. Ever. Former. Good segue. Yeah. So former teacher or current teacher and former NHL scout at St. Thomas Academy and scouted for Ottawa. <laughs> so we decided to get another STA guy and uh, somebody related to an NHL scout. And you, Matt. Yep. We have a couple a couple now in my family. It's my little brother actually doing it. So Bill McCarthy has a former player that's actually a scout in the NHL as well. That's, that's true. Um, did you play for McCarthy? I did not. I played for uh, my dad as a sophomore, and then um, Jeff Polschel, the the coach at Madison, huh. was my head coach, really? my junior and senior year. Yep. At St. Thomas. Yep. Oh, cool! I so, didn't know that. I didn't know that Polschel was at St. Thomas. Jeff's first, Jeff's first uh, head job was at St. Thomas Academy. Wait, when did Jeff leave? Did he leave after the 2005 year or 2004 year? He that left. The debacle year? He left my brother's um, sophomore year, so that would have been, like, right, 97 or 98 he left. Okay, and that's when McCarthy took the job, I want to say, right? Correct. Yep. yep. And, and then they went downhill, and then the Vanellis came in. The, yep. Um, because the, there was a huge drinking um, scandal, I believe, in 2004. And they were a three-win team, and that—that's where the Vanellis get inserted. So correct. And no. then you I came that first year too. You came the first year too. Where did you come from then? I was coaching Bantams at uh, Highland Central. Oh. So the the St. Paul Capitals. I I did the PVs and the Bantams, um, back and forth. Um, so. I coached one of the claims to fame is I coached Kyle Ocposo in PVs. So everything you knew. What was your connection to the Vanellis then to come over to St. Thomas? So I I knew Tom and Greg forever, um, and uh, my brother actually um, had played um, with Mike um, for a little bit too growing up. Um, and so once they got the job, I just shot Tom. Actually, I called him at that time um, <laughs> and asked um, if he had any openings, and, and that, that's where I got started on the JV um, as an assistant. And then how long were you at St. Thomas for? Ten years. Oh, wow. So I, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, yeah, nine or ten years. 
um, and then I went over to um, St. Paul Academy as, as the varsity assistant. So were you in the professional world, and this was a hobby somewhat? Yep, yep. So um, I've worked for Target Corporation downtown Minneapolis. I'm uh, just entering my 21st year. I started in January of 2000, um, and I've been coaching ever since I got out of college. Um, you know, I, like I said, I started at the youth level, um, and then I've been fortunate to work for a great company that's allowed me to, to keep it going um, through my path through the high school ranks. So when you went to SPA, you were Billy Owens' assistant the first year, correct? Yep. For we were, so I was his assistant for two and a half years. Oh, okay. Um, I think in total, um, actually almost three full years. And then he resigned going into the section, um, playoffs our third year. So the kids that, when you when you fast forward into the podcast, our podcast era where you're at the the state semifinals, um, you were yep. a big part of getting those kids in the 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 Justin Jalens and the McCabe's and those kind of kids, right? Yeah. So Billy and I were, um, you know, really um, instrumental in bringing that group together. Um, Bill um, was really active um, in that as well, um, but. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good partnership in, in building that program together. And I will say that you know even before that, Joe Diedzik, um was was starting to build the foundation for us as well. So it was there was kids coming. Um, it was just about um, getting more of the St. Paul kids um, to to use SPA um, or to think of SPA as an option. I remember when the the Christie brothers were. Very, you know, highly, you know, torn between picking Creighton or SPA and and St. Thomas Academy. Walk through that process. Were you there on the front lines when when getting those two kids? Because if yeah. they come, there's gonna, yeah, a yeah. lot other will come with it, right? Right, and and that whole group. Um, if you look at um, our roster, that state tournament team, um, we had a lot of those kids um, were you know, a year younger, a year older um, than the Christie brothers. Um, and so they're all buddies. You know, when you look at Riley Bowman, Jack Johnston, Noel Parker, um, that whole crew. Um, and so, you know, you know, all you can do at a, at a private school is just get the, the kids to come visit the school um, and uh, see what you're doing, um, see what the, what you're doing from an academic standpoint, athletic standpoint, get them excited about the locker room, the culture, um, and I think that's that was what we're um, really um, talking to the families and the kids about. And just can you picture yourself at the school? Because um, everybody thinks, you know, the private school's got it easy and you can go all over the place. But you're still asked, at SPA, you're asking families to pay almost $30,000 a year um, to go to school, to go to high school. And it's not like um, there's any athletic scholarships at any of these schools. And if there is... I haven't been at a school that has those. So um, that's one of the biggest fallacies that's out there is that we're giving kids all these money, all this money to go to school. It, so. it, it always, um, I always say that with St. Thomas, it's like, okay, so you got to convince a kid to go to an all male Catholic military college prep school just to play hockey. Right. <laughs> it's a little bit girl. challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
They don't seem to be struggling too much. But sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> no. um, it's a good school. Well, see, you know, the, there is some good stories you can tell. I mean, the, you know, especially at, at St. Paul Canyon Rise there, the, the academic – um, the academics of the school is just, it's incredible. The placement in, in the colleges is the same thing where I'm at now with Preet and Durham Hall and then um, at, you know, St. Thomas Academy, all the, the local private schools. There's just uh, um, the, the academics are great, and you can get a lot of that at the public schools too, but the small class size, the, the um, access to the teachers, there's just a different sense of community that you can get at, at a smaller private school. Uh, not to put you too much on the spot, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. It seems that, though, on the west side, public schools have had a lot of success. On the on the east side, for the exception of maybe White Bear Lake and Stillwater, which are two really big uh, youth hockey programs, what is the what is the non-attraction? What what is it? is it? The schools, or is it there's just overwhelmingly great uh, private programs like St. Thomas and Creton and Hill Murray over on the east side? I think there's um, the biggest thing is a lot of these kids are going to private schools or private grade schools. And St. So Joe's on the east side. The, yep. Yep. The um, St. Ambrose in Woodbury. Yep. Um, Nativity in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Annunciation in, in Minneapolis. There's the OLG in Edina. There, there's a lot of these um, these Catholic schools that parents are sending them too early and so you're not really competing against the, the public schools in these cases so these kids are going to go to a private high school no matter what um, or their legacies which um, their parents have gone to um, a catholic school so like the fisher brothers on my team um, their dad tony graduated from Creighton Hall mall um, in 93 and so um, you know those boys are always going to go um, to Creighton. Um, so yeah. it, it's just a different dynamic. I'll but I, I think, I'm just going to say with the, the urban planning perspective here too, it's like historically the people who settled St. Paul and the East side were more Catholic, whereas yep. what people ended up in Minneapolis were more the, of the Scandinavians. So you got all these Catholic people settling there who got up through the schools and built their, up their Catholic schools. And I think that the tradition seems stronger on the East side versus some of these, you know, even the that's true. The big private schools on the west side, like you know, Benilder, um, Holy Family, they're much newer, you know, especially from yep. a hockey perspective. Even Providence too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Providence is earlier in the show. Matt, Danny claimed that he's the dumb guy in the show. Mm. He, he plays the role of dumb guy in the show. Says but all the dumb I things. Didn't say <laughs> Carl <laughs> just showed how smart he is. So we, you know, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Thank Great. you, Carl. Some public school kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's go to the move from SPA to Creton. I w- I'd like to hear how that happened, what the opportunity was, and uh, what what's what happened since. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'd always um, been looking at, um, you know, going to a double-A school, um, and I had just – had a casual conversation with um, coach Jim O'Neill um, and, you know, we're kind of joking being neighbors um, down Randolph. And uh, I just said, you know, if, if there's ever an opportunity um, over there, I, I'd love to sit down and talk to you. And, and he shot me an email back 
probably 10, 15 minutes after I sent an email um, <laughs> and we had coffee um, and we, we met at the rink and, and, and talked about the opportunity. And from there I met with the athletic director um, and a few other people. Um, Cause one of the, one of the big things, and I really admire um, coach O'Neill for this is he wanted to, to keep some stability. Um, and, and so I really didn't know um, Charlie Bosco really well. Um, I knew of him and I knew how smart he was and how influential he was in their 06 championship. Um, and then Paul Ryan was the JV coach. And so I had met with both those two and we clicked right off the bat. Um, and so obviously the, one of the other um, key um, bring alongs was getting the chance to coach with Brian Murphy again. Right. He's been a friend of mine um, for years back to when I was the, the JV coach and, and Brian was um, coaching Bantams. Um, so our connection runs deep and we had talked forever and I actually tried to get him to come with me to SPA initially. Um, and we had talked about joining together. So that opportunity presented itself too. Um, and it was just a, a, a perfect storm. And when you got to, to Creton, what did you have from a hockey perspective? Um, we had... Um, so they were coming off a really good year the year before um, where um, they had just lost, um, I think it was in the section semifinals to Wyzetta, um, and Matthew just missed the back door uh, yep. as a sophomore. We were, um, yep. right you the, were right at, at that game. Time. I remember saying hi to you. I was. Yep. Um, and uh, so they brought back, um, you know, I think what I would call a, an historic historically Cretan class, meaning that they had a couple good hockey players, but a lot of really good athletes. So my, my first year we had a lot of really good Cretan guys that were, um, you know, good baseball players, good football players, soccer, they played the two or three sports. And so they were throwbacks. Um, and so we had guys that were um, kind of willing to, to get after it, but a little bit of unsure of what we were, um, selling from a hockey perspective. So um, I, I think by the end of the year, we were playing really good hockey. Um, and actually, over Christmas break, we won the Schwann's Cup, which was a, a weird Schwann Cup year. Or <laughs> yes. But we did, <laughs> we, we did beat Hill. Um, and mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, but uh, Billy Lechner would remind me that it, it was um, technically a tie. We won in, in the shootout. <laughs> so um, you wouldn't give me too much credit there. Um, but uh, you know, that's when we really started to play good hockey towards the, the back half, and the, and the guys really started to buy into the culture. Um, and it, it really bled into that next year, um, last year, which was a really good year for us. Um, let's walk through last year's run, and then I think we got, you yep. know, and what I, I want to just go quickly on that one because I'd like to talk about what's coming because what, the kids that are coming in now, your freshmen and sophomore and juniors that you have in place, like you talked about the Fisher brothers, uh, it's a pretty special team and you could be one of the best teams in the state this year. Um, but I, I'd be remiss to, to leave out last year. Walk through last year. Last year was incredible. I mean, you knew what you had with Matthew and you just wanted to, to – um, you know, make him, um, give him the best experience. He's a CDH guy through and through. He, I, I joke with him all the time that he taught an STA, STA guy what it means to be a CDH guy. So <laughs> That's again, a good yeah, one. It's true. Um, and uh, he, the, 
I remember back in the leading up to tryouts and, and he just telling me, and I said, we, we might be going younger here, Matthew. And he said, let's get hockey players. We got hockey players, coach, let's build this up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having him and, and then Jack and I, um, I mean, they're line mates back to squirt hockey. Um, and Jack really, you know, I wish I had one more year with Jack because last year he, he really had an unbelievable year um, and was just hitting his stride. Um, and he would have been incredible back with this group. Um, but that senior group was special. I had, you know, those two were really the leaders and then Preston Philman and the back end. Right. And you had just, again, another throwback with Chris Walsh on D. The senior class was really special because they all fit their role and, and played um, a huge leadership role. But the, the way Matthew led these young kids and showed them what it means to be a high school hockey player um, and chase something um, as a family, it was really special. Like I, I remember after tryouts, um, Mrs. Gleason called me and, and said, uh, coach, I hope you don't mind, but we have the whole team sleeping over at our house tonight. I said, what do you mean the whole team? She, she said all 20 kids. And, and last year, I mean, that's seven seniors, um, two juniors, and the rest are freshmen and sophomores. And a senior in high school has got them all sleeping over there playing knee hockey, um, shinny hockey in the backyard. And that's just what Matthew did. And these kids, I mean, now that's just a part of the culture. So I've got some you know, young kids that are coming through, and my older guys now um, are doing the same thing that, that Matthew did, making sure that everybody – feels a part of the group. That's cool. And that kind of speaks volumes about Matthew Gleason is the, uh, is the legacy that he'll leave behind. It was, it wasn't just that he played in his final game. He, he left a legacy for, for years to come at Creighton. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my, even my friends, um, both either in the hockey industry or outside always ask where he is in my Christmas card because I talk about him so much, but he just really is a special kid. Um, he just, he does it the right way. I, uh, my daughter is the same age. My daughter Olivia is the same age as Matthew. And she got to the university this year and someone ran, he, she ran into a guy at a social setting and was like, Oh yeah, your dad's Tony Scott. And, and she's like, Oh yeah, you know who he is. And the guy goes, yeah, he's in love with Matthew Gleason. <laughs> That was his exact words. I'm like, that's the kid's takeaway? It's just so weird. I'm like, uh, he happens to be good at hockey, and that's what I do. You know, And a really nice kid. And a really great kid. So, Such a funny sidebar. Um, let's talk, before we talk about the team this year, I, we'd be remiss to go back. I want to talk about, you, you were at Creighton for a year, and then... I don't know. For everyone's, for your sake, the the St. Thomas job comes open. I'd love to hear your take on where you were involved in that process. Were you never invited? Were you at the table? Did you turn them down? I don't know this, and I want to just get your take on it. Yep. Um, and so initially, um, when we go back to that initial meeting with um, Jim O'Neill and uh, the athletic director of CDH, that was the one thing they asked me. If the St. Thomas shop opens, are you going to go? Um, and I said, well, no, because you guys showed a, a want for me first. Um, and uh, I'm not going to come in here and build something and then, um, you know, rip the carpet out from out underneath everybody else. 
Um, and so when the job did open, um, there were a couple calls, um, I will say, from some both of their search committees um, just to kind of feel it out. And uh, it was a hard um, no. You know, obviously, if it were a year before, um, or things would have been different. Um, but I, I do love, you know, the fact of the matter is I have two daughters. They'll probably both be um, Cretan Durham Hall Raiders. Um, and I love St. Thomas Academy. I love my experience there. Um, but for me right now um, and for the future, it's all Raiders. Um, and uh, I love what we're building. I love the support that I, what, that I have from the administration. My athletic director is amazing. Um, all the way up to the, the president of the school is actually um, a St. Thomas grad as well um, and was my um, confirmation sponsor back in the day <laughs> my at, at St. Thomas Academy. So, so you said, um, okay. There, go ahead. You know, it just, and uh, it's St. Small. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually grew up less than three blocks from Creighton Durham Hall. And the reason I went to St. Thomas Academy was my dad was one of the hockey coaches, um, or was the hockey coach. My uncle was a, the, the assistant to the dean of students, and my grandma was the secretary. So <laughs> I, I had it kind of chosen for me, but, um, you know, I wouldn't change that back in the day either. I had a great experience there. So you said it was a hard no. So I, I want to make sure we get the language right. Hard no, I said no, I wasn't going to do it, or hard, it was a very difficult no, very difficult to say no. Both. Both. <laughs> So, um, you know, because I'm, I'm very principled in terms of my word. Um, and so in talking to my dad and, and, and some of my other mentors, um, you know, the, they kept coming back to that. And um, I had nothing but respect for the Vanellis. Tom is still one of my um, mentors. Um, I talked to both Tom and Greg quite a bit now. Um, and Tom is actually running the St. Paul Caps now um, as a development guy. So I talked to him even more now but um i have so much respect for what they built and i want to build the same thing here at, at tdh and, and uh where we're um you know one of the top teams in the state year in year out um and so i felt too a part of that is if i go to st thomas academy am i always going to be just um the guy that was um you know following the vanellis um and uh, which would still been a good thing but um it's going to be fun to build my own thing here at CDH. So you anti-Lou Holtzed St. Thomas yep. that. Yes. <laughs> I did. And that, that's a good call as an Notre Dame grad, Danny. That, that, that hit yep. home. But, uh, yep, I did. I did do the anti-Lou. Oh. All right, well, let's move forward. Let's talk a little bit about your squad this year. Um, everyone talks about the young guns, young guns, young guns. Everyone knows a few of the Sondry All Boys and the, the Fishers. Um, you got a lot of talent on this team. It's still a little young, but I think the game is getting younger because some of the older kids are moving on to juniors. Is this the year? Would this, would, would this be the year if, uh, if there is a state tournament uh, for Creighton to go all the way to the state tournament? We're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, what was nice this year is with the bridge season, I don't know, that got cut a little short. Um, we were able to see and sit up in the stands and, and watch um, the guys play. Um, and, and this group is fun. Um, you know, they're, they're really tight. Um, so we've got um, – I've got a, 
a senior Chuck Altier who's our captain, um, and uh, he's an amazing leader. Um, he does. He's he's not Matthew, um, and that's what I told him is like you don't have to be. You can lead lead your way, which I, I love his style. Um, he's a workhorse, works hard, um, and uh, you know he'll be playing with a couple um, younger guys um, and lead them the right way. But we have a line that played together all last year um, with Jake Sandriel, Drew Fisher, and Jake Fisher. Um, you know, and and everybody says was um, through Drew's Elite League. I guess a lot of guys were saying, well, yeah, you played with Matthew Gleason all year. And, you know, the funny thing is Drew only a few power plays and things like that. Drew played with Jake and Jake all year long. So, um, and had over 40 points. So we bring back that line. Um, but I, I got depth. Um, we, we could, if we wanted to, we could play four lines this year um, and uh, not see tremendous drop off. Um, our D are young. Um, we've got a new um, sophomore defenseman um, from um, Hudson, Wisconsin, that mm-hmm. came in last year at, at Christmas. Right, Colton. Um, yep, Colton Jameson, along with Simon Hogue and Zach Sandriel, Patrick Magnuson, and and Luke Lucas Cernahouse is a is a sophomore that'll make some noise. Um, Nick Freeman is a senior. We we got we got depth. Um, and then it all starts, all my good teams, even back to when I was at the academy, um, start with goaltending and Marco Bellock is, is, uh, he's sneaky good. Um, he's kind of the, the, what I call him the sound assassin. He's going to be, um, some guys, he's going to be on a lot of guys' radars, um, down the road here. He's a good one. He makes very flashy and fun saves too. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's athletic and, and um, you know, he, he doesn't, the best is he doesn't say much, you know, you get some goaltenders that are, you know, a little bit off and Marco has his quirks. He's, he's just, he's steady. I, I tell his dad and um, I tell him all the time. It's just, he's a coach's dream at goaltending because he's just so calm um, and never kind of gets out of sorts, which is good. Um, let's talk a little bit about your schedule this year. Uh, yep. if, if, you know, um, if there is a season kind of thing, but let's just, let's go out. We've been basing our show today off the assumption that the, that practices will be allowed, uh, as of December 18th, starting December 21st, uh, with the season yep. beginning in early January, based on that assumption, what can we look for on the schedule for the Raiders this year? It'll be different. Um, and my West side friends will probably, um, knock me down a little bit for it. Um, but, uh, we will be playing an all suburban East conference schedule. Um, it's one of the things that, um, our athletic departments in the, um, Southeast, um, conference all agreed on, um, or the suburban East, I should say, um, not the SEC football, but suburban (laughs) East, um, all agreed that, uh, we would play um, conference only. So we'll play each team in the conference twice. Um, you know, so that gives us a couple games against White Bear, a couple games against Stillwater. Um, our rivalry games um, in Eastridge and, and, and Woodbury. Um, but, you know, I, I think the most disappointing thing about um, our schedule this year is what we lost. Um, not just the, the number of games that we lost, but 
you were, um, you know, I would have already been in a really, you know, really good mood about my team or kind of a, a rethinking and, and reworking because by Thanksgiving, we were supposed to already have played Benilde, um, Eden Prairie, Edina, um, and then we've been prepping for St. Thomas Academy and Stillwater coming up here. So our non-conference schedule was, um, you know, really good. We we also had Blake, we had Wyzetta, um, we had Andover, um, Rosemont, Holy Angels, Holy Family. So we were going to play everybody, or try to at least. Um, but we'll get back to that next year. And this year is just about, um, you know, hope hoping to have a good season, have a season which I think we're going to have. I'm hearing really good things that we will start um, in a couple weeks here and get things rolling. So let's talk about that. What can you do right now, or what are you doing right now with everybody? You know, the the biggest thing is is just making sure everybody um, is staying healthy. Um, It's communication via – um, you know, how most of us are working now. It's via text message, it's via Zoom, via email. I send out a weekly email to our families, just keeping them updated on, um, you know, what is happening, what we're hearing, um, what to expect, because um, we've had to change things a couple times already. Um, but I think the biggest thing for us, and I've been talking to a lot of, you know, we have daily text, just like the boys are really missing and, and kind of um, upset about not having to go to the rink. The, the coaches are too. And I have, you know, a daily text string um, with some of the guys I coach high performance with. I have a daily text string with um, Pat Andrews, Ken Pauly, Derek Brown, and, and Pat Griswold, where we're just asking each other what we're hearing and talking about um, what to expect. So we're keeping each other um, in the game, if you will. Um, but I think the biggest thing is making sure our boys stay mentally healthy um, because this has been hard on them, um, especially our senior class. If you think about it, um, they lost their spring sport um, and are now, you know, they didn't get their prom. They didn't get a lot of the, the stuff, but your senior year is so special. And these guys are kind of missing out on a lot of that. We, you know, we do at Crete, and we're lucky where we have a hybrid schedule. Um, so the kids are going every other day to school. So they do get a little bit of that, but, you know, being a senior in, in high school is just different. And I just feel bad for those guys missing out on that. So the biggest thing for me is just touching base with those guys, uh, making sure everything's good, um, getting them excited about the season um, and making sure they're ready. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, Carl, did you want to ask uh, the, the Creighton coach any questions from up in Duluth from your perspective? <laughs> Hmm, I guess just I'm, I'm sort of curious. You know, with the, the the limited schedule, now how are you going to gauge where you are relative to the rest of the state? You know, because you know normally you, you have all these crossover games with you know different conferences and whatnot, but it really could be a, a real mystery this year, right? It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah. Um, you know, and and uh, the the one thing that we have is we were, we did play Benilde twice in the bridge season. But the first game, Kenny was missing a couple guys, and the second game, I was missing a couple guys. So we, we never really – and we split. Um, and so we never really got um, the true gauge of um, his full his full group and my full group going head-to-head. So, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is no matter how we finish at the end of the year, it's going to be 
that section meeting. It always is, right. but it's going to yeah. be pretty contentious. Do you think you can yeah, bring up the bridge, you. those bridge games, as a basis? <laughs> no, well, no, because you know, honestly, it was just. Um, I think it was only maybe um, us and Benilde for right. my section. Us and Benilde, and maybe Seamless Park. But it's still a basis there. point of something. It's better than nothing, right? It will be, but they don't. They they won't. I mean, it's just. It, it, it won't have any. <laughs> her, her child will not care. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, yeah. And and there's and and I get where they're coming from. I mean, listen, I, you know, I don't think we should be over there. They don't want us over there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Like the fact of the matter is, last year, I mean, your four or five game is two powerhouses, Edina and Wyzetta. I mean, that's. And so you think that they're going to be doing us favors this year? I mean, I, I just—it's going to be hard, um, you know. And it, you know, I would love to see what Blake, what Blake looks like because they're going to be—they're going to look a lot different than they did last year with the people that they have. And you know, Austin and Benil probably bring back the most. Edina's going to look different. Wyzetta's going to be really good again. I mean, they always are. The way Pat coaches, they're going to be good. Um, so it's just going to be. A weird year. I mean, even say, you look at a team like St. Louis Park, Holy Angels. Um, St. Louis Park's got guys that are back, um, and and they were a tough out in the quarterfinals last year. So um, it's just a battle going over to the west side. All right, here's a question we didn't prep you for uh, before the show, but uh, you you're uh, I wouldn't say a, a weekly listener, but an avid listener to the podcast. We've been going for five plus years now do you have any favorite moments of the podcast or what does the podcast do for you guys and the coaching community out there you know i do the the rankings i like carl's rankings um you know i do like um you know especially last year and and uh, um in, in years past i like it when they have us a little bit lower um, <laughs> yeah. a little ammo carl uh, so, um, not sure you can get much of that this year, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's been fun. You know, I, I love this. This is just a, a great thing for high school sports um, to have you guys that are so passionate that actually go out to games and and watch our teams play um, and give the guys a venue. Um, you know, a little bit of a camaraderie. You know, I hear about it all the time. I'm, I'm friends with um, Nico at St. Thomas Academy. Um, and he coached uh, a team this, this fall of um, at the Blue Army of, of my guys, um, some of his guys, some guys at uh, Lakeville South and all across and the banter that those guys have about rankings and, and who's going to be who. Um, and just the energy you guys put behind it, I lo- that's why I listen. I that's why everybody listens. Aw. Oh, we love it. We love it. I knew you'd give a good answer to that yeah. question. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. appreciate Matt. Keep it up, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today on the show, uh, Matt. Uh, we will uh, get you a gift from the Minnesotan, our sponsor for today's show. Gifts of tradition and nostalgia you can't find anywhere that people will love guaranteed this place is worth the drive to white bear lake as my friend john king once said it's the greatest store in the world we appreciate carl we appreciate matt funk we appreciate you danny for putting together a great show hopefully we can get this pause lifted and we'll be back on the ice very soon have a good day we'll see you around the rink very soon